listening to the Marietta Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast. Today's message comes to us from Senior Pastor of Marietta Seventh-day Adventist Church, Matthew Smith. I want to give you all a small report about what we did this last week at Local Mission Outreach. If you don't know, last week, and many of you were there, we uh, adopted a home that's right here in the Mack Mile, and we put a lot of effort and work into it. I'll share this quick story with you. Um, On Sunday night, the first night we were there, you saw that big pile of paint buckets and tires. That was not the people that we were helping. Uh, It wasn't their trash. It was the people before them that had left it there, and it smelled terrible. Ooh, I can still smell it. I think it's burned into my nostrils still. Ah! And a couple of us, Jackie Payne and Ashley Shuley and I, we picked up this, these old like paint buckets and tarps and uh, tires and put them in our trailer and brought them over here to the church. And, and as we were unloading them, as we were getting rid of them, uh, somebody, I think it was Ashley, said, um, she said, this is gross that we are in someone else's garbage. And uh, the, the worst part is, we didn't know whose it was. It would be one thing if we knew whose garbage it was. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's you know, my friend's garbage. But it was, we didn't even know who it was, and it stunk, and it was gross. And this thought came to mind. I said, this is showing Jesus' love in a practical way. Because Jesus showed his love to us by coming down and being in our garbage and our trash problem, and he took care of it. You understand the practicality of what we do and why we do it? Man, it's powerful. I want to introduce you to two awesome young people. Christian, Audrey, come on up here. This is Christian, my man. He's got a really awesome fast car that's in in the parking lot. And this is Audrey. And uh, these are the awesome people that we got to help this week. Can you say hi? I, I told Audrey that I would not make her talk. But I just wanted to introduce you to them. They are an awesome young a couple. They live a half mile from here, so if you see them today, give them a hug, tell them welcome. They, uh, they joined us this morning in our Fundamentals Bible class, and it was just cool to have you guys there. Guys, thank you for letting us just spend some time with you all. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to our church. Glad you were here. Hey, if you're just joining us this week, it's your first time here, we're in the middle of a sermon series called Rhythm. Because uh, Pastor Luke and I, at the beginning of the year, we thought, man, we got to preach a series talking about God's rhythm for your life. Because so often we get stuck on the human rhythms that the world and society imposes on us, that we miss the beautiful God-given rhythm for our lives that is so powerful and it moves us and it changes us and we become more like Jesus in in it. And uh, we've been using this passage right here, Matthew chapter 11, as Jesus speaks to you this morning, let let this speak. Are you tired? Somebody, can can I get a witness out there? Worn out, burned out on religion, come to me, Jesus says. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that verse is powerful to me. Jesus tells me good news and... Last Sabbath, Pastor Luke told uh, a piece of the God-given rhythm, which is this beauty of Sabbath rest, this day that he's given us so we can spend time with our Creator and Redeemer, a day that's made for us. And today we move on to another piece of this God-given rhythm, 
and as we talk about prayer. So I invite you to pray with me as we begin. Heavenly Father, this morning as we delve into your word, as we dive in, let us know you better at the end of this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you've got your Bibles with me, I encourage you to turn me to Daniel chapter 6. If you are new to a Bible or you don't have one, there's one in front of you in the pew. It's the red book. And uh, Daniel chapter 6 is on page 812, so if you can find that page, you can follow along. We're reading one of the most famous stories in history. If you uh, aren't a Christian, uh, you may have still heard this story. If you are a Christian, I guarantee you've heard this story. And if you've never heard this story, it's okay, because you've got a treat today as we hear an awesome story about prayer. And before we get there, let me tell you a little bit about the main character. His name is Daniel. Daniel was a man of God. We're going to call him Dan the Man a little bit today because that's how good he is. He gets captured along with all of his friends and he gets taken to this place called Babylon and they're, they're stuck there. But because Daniel loves God so much and everybody sees it, he is elevated in a leadership in a foreign country, a foreign nation. And Daniel climbs the ranks in this system, this political system, and the other leaders don't like it because he's a foreigner running their country. And you'll see some of the jealousy, but I hope that you also see the rhythm or a piece to God's given rhythm for your life um, here in Daniel chapter 6. If you've, if you've got Daniel chapter 6, say amen. amen. All right. Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Here it goes. It pleased Darius, he's the king, to appoint 120 satraps, those are governors, to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Verse 3, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Do you already see this guy? He's got something different in his life. It's like he's not like the rest. Something in him is different and it's better and it's pure and it's true and it's beautiful. There's no corruption in him. Verse 5, Finally, these men said, We'll never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So they they look at him, and they say, okay, you're a politician, I'm going to find some junk on you. And they look, 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 and they Google him, and they look at at every kind of database they can find, and they find nothing on him. In, In an age nowadays, where everyone has an opinion on their favorite political leader, maybe they uh, picket and march, or maybe you're just a digital uh, lobbyist on Facebook with your political leader of choice. Everybody's aware of politics, and it wouldn't take long in any party, in any level, anywhere, in any country to find some dirt on a politician. I remember back when I was in seminary, uh, this guy was a big-time dude in the news. You know him? Anthony Weiner. Horrible name. It's fitting for him since he uh, was caught taking pictures and sending them to others. Or this guy... Our previous vice president, Joe Biden, you know him and his, his uh, personal bubble issues where you've seen videos of him snuggling in for a kiss on some of these young girls as they're shielding their face. Or even our current leader, President Trump, that leaves question marks 
about did he in fact have an affair with this adult star. Uh, but then there's Daniel. A man above men. A man that stands out as different. One who is pure and righteous and he's good and you can't find dirt on him. You know, uh, the, the Bible, and I just found this this last week, which was powerful to me, because I never read it or understood it before. God speaks of Daniel on a different level than other humans. It's cool, in the book of Ezekiel, just a few books before, uh, one book before, Ezekiel, Daniel, Joel, I mean, whatever. I don't know where Ezekiel is, it's in the Bible somewhere. Uh, God speaks about Daniel and Job and Noah. And as God's talking about his people that have pulled away from following God, God says, man, I, they're, they're wrong, they're going to die, they're going to be destroyed. And he talks about Daniel, Job, and Noah. Here's what he says. That these guys would save only themselves by their righteousness. That's powerful that the God of the universe is saying, these humans are so connected to me, they're so devoted to me, that my righteousness is a part of their righteousness. That makes sense? They, no one is righteous. And yet he says, we are connected, and these guys are on a different level. Uh, we've got Bible heroes all throughout. We've got Abraham, except he had an incident with Hagar. Oh, we've got Moses. He's a Bible hero, except he had some incidents where he strikes a rock and is disobedient. We've got David, King David, a man after God's own heart, and he's a murderer. And as all these other politicians, as these governors, are looking for something that Daniel has slipped up on, some nasty dirt on him, they can't find anything. And so they have to go to his spiritual life to find something that they can manipulate and accuse him of. And so here's what it happens. Here's how it happens in verse 6. Daniel 6, verse 6. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and they said, May King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being, human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Do you know this story now? Yeah. So these guys, they say, look, king, you're the man. Everybody knows it, but you know what would take you to the next level of being the king? Is if everyone only prayed to you for the next month. King Darius, just like any other powerful leader, sometimes likes their ego stroked. And so he likes this idea of everyone worshiping him for a month. And so he puts it in pen and he writes it as a law for the land. Can't pull it back, can't repeal it. It's a sealed human decree. It's a human order. It's a human rhythm. One human telling another human how they should walk spiritually. You see the humanness of it? Hey, you guys do this. Follow me. A human kingdom with a human leader giving a human rhythm. And isn't that how our culture and society is all the time? I mean, so often we have edicts, things that are the way of life for us, but they're human. We got fast food, we got rush hour, we got quick trip. It's this hurry up pace of move along, this is how life is, just get used to it, keep it going. Man-made rhythms that are killing the connection with the God of the universe that has a divine rhythm for you. 
And as this human rhythm that King Darius sends on Daniel, as he puts it on him, what does Daniel do? This is powerful. I think this is the crux of the, the passage here in verse 10. It says this, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Here's the next phrase. Listen carefully. Just as he had done before. It's a life divine rhythm that he continues. It's, he didn't just start it. When the king said, all right, everybody worship me, he didn't say, oh, snap, it's time now. Better get on my knees and pray to God of heaven. No, this is a God-given rhythm of prayer life connecting with God that he'd always had, always done before, and he continues on no matter what the, the consequence is. I mean, that's a Bible hero for you. Dan the man's the man. And this guy, in the face of death, he says, I'm going to keep going with the divine rhythm. I mean, Daniel's prayer life, his, his divine rhythm that he's a part of, this rhythm that we seek, it's extraordinary. and It pushes me in my own life. How, how much more can I be connected to Jesus in prayer? How more often can I be connected to Him? You know, I, I don't know what your prayer life looks like. Um, for some of us, I'll even say for many of us, it looks like this. Oh, we forgot to pray. <laughs> Whose turn is it to pray for our meal? And it sounds like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for the food. Amen. Or some people say, bless the meat, let's eat. You've heard that before too. Some, some people are saying, yep, that's about right. Mm-hmm. Some of us, it happens uh, twice a day, just like you brush your teeth. I mean, that's, a, that's kind of a divine rhythm too. For some of you, you need to do it a little more, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but in the morning, maybe you pray, maybe at night you pray. Daniel, he, he has this set schedule of three times a day, and I, and I wonder... I wonder if some of us need a little more structure in our own prayer life. Uh, my awesome wife has often told me, you know what would be cool in our house is to have a prayer room. Maybe we take the guest bedroom and we make it this prayer room and it's quiet and there, you, you, can put, you can have music in there or you can just sit on this comfy bean bag and, and there's a place for you to put your Bible and maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll put some good smells in there or something. A place that can be a prayer room. Maybe you need that in your life. What would happen to your life if you took your prayer life and you fell into this rhythm, this divine rhythm that Daniel has of a continual, always, nonstop, constant life of connected with Jesus? What would it look like for you? You know, Paul, one of the greatest heroes in the Bible, at least one of my heroes, he writes these words about having a prayer life. He writes it in 1 Thessalonians. He says this, Pray continually. Isn't that a beautiful word? Continually. It keeps going on and on. The New Living Translation puts it this way. Never stop praying. Just keep going. That's a rhythm. Continual. Never stop. That's walking every step, every moment, every minute of every day with Jesus right next to you as you connect. It's a conversation that never ends. He'll never hang up on you. He always has good service. Just keep the conversation going. You know, this, this divine rhythm, it's really following Jesus' steps. Mark talks about Jesus' prayer life. He says, Jesus woke up very early. Jesus left the house while it was still dark. He went to a place to be alone and pray. This is his continual divine rhythm. He would continually be with his Father. They would spend time together. They'd talk together. They'd dream together. They'd cry together. They'd laugh together, Jesus and his Father. How would your life change? 
And what would it look like if you spent more time in prayer? You know, Pastor Luke and I were texting back and forth this week. Oftentimes we are dreaming about the sermon of the week, and whoever's preaching will bounce the ideas off each other. And, and uh, he sent me a text. He said, hashtag, not so popular of an opinion. He said, I wonder if the greatest need in Christianity, I'm paraphrasing for sure, is prayer. The Old Testament says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then impact is made. Daniel's got the rhythm. Jesus got, has the rhythm. And as soon as King Darius makes this decree, Daniel goes right back to his rhythm because he knows it's a God-given rhythm for his life. And what happens? I mean, you know what happens. Those satraps, they go and they watch him, they see him pray, and they say, he's done for. And so they go to the king and they say, hey, we found one. He is not obeying the rules, and his name is Daniel. And King Darius, this lump goes into his throat because Daniel's his friend. They're, they're buddies. They're co-leaders. And here's how, here's how King Darius responds. Verse 14, he says this. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. So Daniel gets up, he prays, the satraps see him, they run to the king, and the king says, oh man, I've got all the way till sunset till, till I get to figure this out. How can I get him out of this? How can I get rid of this decree, this law? Or maybe how can I get rid of all the satraps? How can I figure this out? And he works all day long on it, and when he comes down to sundown, there's nothing he can do. And so he gives the order for Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. And I wonder what that den looked like. You think it was a big pit? Some of the books that uh, I read my kids to, they have this picture of this big pit, and there's a ladder going down into it, and there's lions that are lounging there, kind of hungry. Uh, maybe it was like that. Maybe it was, a, maybe it was a cave in the side of a mountain. I don't know. Big, big stone, like a tomb roll, roll in front of it. I don't know. Maybe it was a cage, like at the zoo. Whatever it was, I wonder what Daniel was feeling like as they carry him to this. Do you think he walked? Do you think they had to handcuff him? Do you think that he was kicking and screaming? Or do you think that he just calmly walked towards the den, trusting his God? I don't know what it looked like. But as he gets there, and as he's about to be thrown into the pit, the king says these words, because he can see Daniel's rhythm too. He says this in verse 16. King Darius says, May your God, whom you serve... There's the word again. What is it? Ongoing. Never-ending. Always in a rhythm. Continually. May he rescue you. You probably know the rest of the story. Daniel gets thrown into the den of lions. The king goes home. He can't sleep. He wakes up first thing in the morning. He rushes back to the den. And he says these words. Same words in here again. He says, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, has he been able to rescue you from the lions? I love the fact that Daniel's rhythm is visible to everyone else. Oh, how I wish that for my life. That anyone that I meet sees me and says, that guy's connected to Jesus. He's always connected to him in everything that he does and everything that he says and, and wherever he goes and how he, he speaks to people and how he treats people. That guy knows Jesus continually. Oh man, that's my heart's desire. I want that. I want people to know that I walk with Jesus every step of my life. while I'm always trying to be in rhythm with Jesus, there's one week every year that I feel it more than others. And it just happened two weeks ago. It's the week before local mission outreach. 
uh, I always have conversations with him, and it's like a continual journey, praying continually. But on this week, as I'm trying to find the house and the family and the project that our church can manage uh, in one week, four or five days, uh, God and I have this really cool moment, and I'll share it with you. Here's how it goes. The last couple of years, Jackie's gone with me, and we'll pray, and we'll drive, and we'll look. You've got to find a project that's manageable to do in a few days with the, with the skills that we have. You've got to find somebody that's willing to let you come. Uh, and it's quite an ordeal, but, it's, but it's, it's a blessing. This year, I did it by myself. Uh, I said, Jackie, would you like to go? And she said, I've got a lot of stuff I've got to do here, so I'm going to keep working on that. And I said, well, would you pray for me? And so she prayed. She said, God, help Matt find the right place. And so I left. I got in my truck, and I drove. It's only one mile around our church. There's only so many houses in here. There's only so many roads, and I knew where I wanted to go, and so I headed down Bell's Ferry Road, and the prayer continued. God, uh, we've already prayed, and we're going to keep praying. What's the house? Show me the address. Who's the family? What's the project? Sometimes I'd pray, just be praying in my head. Is this the one, God? How about this one over here? What about this one? And I pulled up to a house that was completely overgrown, bushes everywhere, and I thought, we can handle that. We need some power tools, but we can do it. And I parked in the driveway, and I walked up to the, to the door, praying, God, is this the one? I know you're here with me. I know you already have it picked out. Are you, show me the one you want. And I walked and knocked on the door, and no one came. I thought, okay, I'm not going to give up that easily. So I went to the neighbor next door, and I knocked on the door, and I could hear them inside. I knocked quietly on the door again. A third time, because, man, I gotta, maybe they know the neighbor, and I can get a connection. Then I heard a baby crying. I thought maybe my knock was a little too loud, and so I slipped off the porch quickly and went across the street to another house, knocked on that door. A man came to the door, and he was no help at all to help me know who lived across the street. And I thought, well, maybe, God, maybe this isn't the right one. If it is, you'll show me. So I got back in the truck, still praying, God, you're with me right now. We're going step by step together, just you and me, having this conversation, trying to find the right one. Show it to me. Which one is it? And we, uh, we drove down Dixon Road, and we got to the end of Dixon Road, and there's a stop sign, and at the end of that stop sign is a house, which you've seen pictures of before. And I pulled, parked in the driveway, and I walked up to the door, and I knocked on the door, and there was cameras there, and I kind of waved at the cameras just in case they were looking. And who comes to the door but Audrey, with a big smile on her face. She opens the door, and we talk for a minute, and it's real awkward because, like, she didn't know me, and I didn't know you, and it was just kind of a, hi, I'm, I'm Matt, I'm a pastor of a church that's really close here, and we like to do these projects, what do you think? And she said, well, let me talk to Christian. And so I said, okay, and she said, do you have a number? And I gave her my card, and as I walked back to my truck, I thought, I'll never hear from them again. And yet, as I said, God, if this is the one, you show it to me. He had better plans. And so, uh, not a couple hours later, Christian calls me, and he says, hey, we're, we're open to this. Let's talk tomorrow. So I met them the next day. And as I laid there on that, I guess it was a Wednesday night after I'd already talked to Christian and Audrey, I thought, God, this is, this is what you're like, where you journey with us in a conversation like a friend, like we can talk to each other as you lead and you guide us, as you're continuing step by step, moment by moment, every day this continual conversation, I thought, that's the God that I serve. That's the God that I love. Oh, how blessed we are to have a God. A God that's so powerful, yet so simple on our level that we can relate to, that we can speak to. I'm going to pray for you this morning as we close. Heavenly Father, today as we think about
praying to you, it seems like a, a big thing, and yet it's so small. It's just having you with us every day, continually, like Daniel. And so I pray for each person here. May we be connected to you more and more. I pray a special prayer for Audrey and Christian. Thank you for allowing us to connect with them and meet them. May you bless them and their home in a special way. And God, we love you so much and can't wait to see you. In Jesus' name. hope you were inspired by today's message, and we would love to hear from you. If you would like to contact one of our pastors, find out more about what we believe, or for information about our service times in Marietta, Georgia, please visit www.mariettaadventist.org. If you were inspired by today's message, please share it with your friends. It is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are available. Thank you.